the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Yes, indeed. Uh, the two Johns, John Fardy and John Kelleher, producer and former director of film classification. And of course, John Fardy has this programme Screen Time here on News Talk at the weekend. Uh, and of course, his podcast, if you want to really listen to it. Now, welcome to both of you. The first movie we're going to look at is Aussie Bound, the true history of the Kelly gang, which celebrates, commemorates Ned Kelly. Tell us all, John Kelleher. Well, I've actually got a little nugget of information for you which I think will come as a surprise to both you and to John it certainly did to me and it's this what was the first movie ever made the first narrative feature film ever made was it not a a French movie by the Lumiere brothers Charlie Chaplin or something like that Ah, am I not close with the moon no 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 in in, uh, the year uh, 1906 there was a movie called The Story of the Kelly Gang and that is credited. Was the first movie? Yeah, as the first movie. So this is a remake, the true history (laughs) of the Kelly Kelly Gang. Yeah, yeah, there's been lots of remakes. Mick Jagger starred in 1970 in a And this one has Russell Crowe. It has Russell Crowe and it also has, um, and he's terrific, George McKay who starred in 1917. He's one of the two soldiers in 1917. It's really, really good stuff, this. It's a mesmerising Australian Western. Um, Very, very brutal. Very, very um, visceral. Um, a lot of testosterone. Peter Carey wrote the book, that won the Booker Prize, and this is based on that. Um, and it's 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 the origins of the Ned Kelly myth, uh, and it gets right in there uh, with his backstory um, and the relationship that he had, an incredibly close relationship with his mother, who was a terrifying woman, brilliantly played here by Essie Davis. She had two, um, uh, if you like, obsessions. She had a, a hatred of the colonial oppressor, which was the British, mm-hmm. um, and secondly, she had an obsessive love for her for her son, and that comes through very, very, very clearly. It's a very compelling, powerful. Was film. he a kind of Robin Hood, or just out for himself? He was. Uh, he became a kind of Robin Hood. He became a kind of a charismatic, notorious sort of outlaw, bush ranger figure. Um, but he and he wasn't entirely out for himself. Um, he was in, on the track of vengeance for certain uh, kind of things. Um, what I, era are we talking about? Uh, well, like eighty. He died in eighteen eighty. Okay. Yeah, he was only twenty five when he when he died. Um, and there's the famous kind of shootout. He was hanged. I actually visited his cell, which is in a museum in Melbourne, and he was hanged. But in the in the final shootout with the authorities, uh, which was inevitable. I mean, they were on his trail for a long time. He wore famously wore the kind of uh, bulletproof armor that that you see in the kind of iconic imager, images of, of of Ned Kelly, the Bush Ranger. So out of five, um, I definitely would give it four. Yeah. So it's right up there with the best remake of this. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, there's a re- remake in 2003 starring Heath Ledger. And this is definitely better than that. OK, it's called The True History of the Kelly Gang. It's on general release. It stars Russell Crowe and George McKay. And it gets a big thumbs up from John. OK, our first selection on the box is uh, Tuesday nights, 10pm on Sky One, the return of Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden in 
The Trip to Greece, John. Yes, so this started, oh, not far off 10 years ago now, called The Trip. And it was this bizarre idea on paper of Steve Coogan of Alan Partridge train and Rob Bryden of Gavin and Stacey and all sorts of things doing a restaurant tour for a newspaper in the north of England playing kind of fictionalised versions of themselves. And it sounds like a really strange thing to say, but they spend most of the time at a table doing impersonations of famous people. And it's one of the funniest things on television. They had a second season where they did a trip in Italy, then to then to Spain, and then this one, which started on Tuesday night, to Greece. It's exactly like all the other series. They're in Greece. They're, you know, occasionally visiting sites, but they're mostly at these very fancy restaurants eating and telling jokes to each other. And they're involved in this kind of one-upmanship. And, you know, Steve... Yeah, and Steve Coogan was nominated for awards for a movie he made, Philomena, and Steve Coogan... Or Rob Brydon's always like, how many times are you going to mention Philomena in this conversation? Mm, mm. It's really funny. Now, it's a bit Marmite for some people. Some people just you know it's a bit too meta or something I think it's one of the best things on TV as in they're playing versions of themselves so it's like a version of reality it's a bit incestuous the whole thing is it I I don't know how you got from meta to incestuous (laughs) I'd like to move on as quickly as possible it is brilliant it's on Sky One on Tuesday nights it's also available to download now the whole series there's only six of them it's wonderful John do you like it I totally like it I absolutely loved the the first four seasons and I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. And is there anything other than the mimicry? I mean, does, do they talk about the food? Do they talk about oh, the yeah. local culture? Oh, yeah, they do. And they, they have do. a bet about the bill always. Yeah, they there's a, a joke about the, the bill. Joke. And there's little bits of their private life that come in. They, You know, Steve Coogan's a complicated relationship in real life with with mm. partners and stuff and they talk a bit about that well I think Rob Brydon is fantastic he's brilliant he does uh, sometimes if I come in at one in the morning and there's this truth or lie program a panel program that he chairs and it's very good you're both looking at me blankly you no, don't did you like him in Gavin and Stacey well I did yeah, I, did. I thought it wasn't believable in it you know it's just a bit odd uh, I thought you of, would have found that very no, pleasing no. <laughs> comforting all right, the second movie, I don't know if I'd like it. Military Wives, John. Tell I, us about it. I think you will like this. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you need to brace your stiff upper lip and get out your jolly hockey sticks. This is a, a Britcom. This is definitely um, a feel-good British comedy. It's Calendar Girls without the nudity. Oh, it's a comedy? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a kind of documentary of the wives of British soldiers making a sacrifice and all that kind of thing. No, it's not. It's not really a comedy as such. It's definitely not a documentary. It's 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 directed by the guy who who directed The Full Monty, Peter Catmull. Ah, so it's a kind of remake of that. No, it's not a remake of it. It's an entirely different story. It's basically it's um, inspired by the kind of apparently the global phenomenon of military wives choirs. So you have this band of very disparate women who form a choir on a military base as their Husbands go off to Afghanistan. I mean, you can see some of this stuff coming around the corner. It's so obvious what's going to happen. And there are social class and personality conflicts. The two main characters, and one of them is Irish and she's terrific in it, is Sharon Horgan. And the other is Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, who's the colonel's wife. And they kind of butt heads. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they sort of lead two rival factions, if you like. Actually, Kristen Scott Thomas is more or less on her own. They're opposites in every way. But unexpected bonds of friendship, you know, begin to emerge. Okay, well, let's take a listen. We have a clip. After the first choir practice, Lisa, played by Sharon Horgan, and Kate, played by Kristen Scott Thomas, are at loggerheads. 
They need something to focus on. I think Afghan is enough. No, besides that, they need, they need something to work on collectively, a project, something that brings them together. Look, if you think singing onward Christian soldiers is what the women need, then you're more out of touch than I thought. I am simply trying to do my duty as Colonel's wife Look, to the best of my ability. Look, you do it. Just go ahead. You don't need my permission. We both know the women won't join if you don't. I'm quite aware of how they feel about me. Listen, I know you still want to be part of the gang, but unfortunately, you have a leadership role on this tour, and that means responsibilities. You may not need the choir, Lisa, but those women do. You, why didn't you like it? John? Because it's a little bit clunky and on the nose clunky. and a little bit maudlin. Um, but at the same time, I have to admit that there's a sort of a sweet quality about it. And I almost shed a, a manly tear at one point. Um, oh, what upset you? Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it was more that I, I was feeling Sorry, sim- dear, sympathy. Yeah, but I, as I say, you could predict what was coming around the corner. And what was, was that you just know that bad news is going to come for one of the wives. The soldiers are fighting in Afghanistan. Oh, you know, right. and that happens. And of course, then there's a, there's a rally round, you know, and all of that. But um, it, somebody said to me, or I read somewhere that this is like an Ed Sheeran song. You know, you kind of want to hate it, but you can't, you know. So you gave it a rating out? Um, two and a half. But on a good day, I'd give it three. But okay. uh, it's military wives. Uh, yeah. uh, if, if you like that sort of British humour, maybe. The Shinners won't be flocking to it. <laughs> okay. Sure you okay. So I was speaking at the start of the programme that I had to watch uh, the first episode of The Guards Inside the K, which screens, I think there's five programmes mm-hmm. on, 9pm on Virgin Media 1, and I was totally shocked. The K district is Blanchardstown, Finglas and Cabra. It, it is it is really ripe for gangland violence, drug epidemic, and it, it, it spares you nothing, John Fardy. I know. I watched the first episode last night as well, and I was quite taken aback by this. I mean, you know, the the line they said was unprecedented access to the police in Circle, in it's, I was going to say District K. Mm. And now, Circle K is a, a petrol, petrol station. I'm aware station. of that, which has nothing to do with this. But the K District is apologised to the owners it, of Circle very K. Very much so. Is appa- across the country. Is apparently, this is very serious now, is apparently the most busy police precinct as they say in the states in the whole of the country and you know sometimes they say unprecedented access and you think yeah i wonder what it's like but the access that they get on this is phenomenal i mean at one point not to give a spoiler you're with the cops in a supermarket where someone who was in the news who would have been mentioned in news bulletins this thing has been shot twice and they're trying to revive him and, and get to get emergency services to and him. And he's abusing them. I mean, the level of access is quite phenomenal in this. And what you really get a sense of is that being a guard and a detective is a vocation. And these people could obviously be doing much easier things than the job. But some of the doing. scenes, when, when really they do good. when they do the raids on the houses I know. and you see the, uh, we'd say the accused coming out and berating the and intimidating guards. It, it, it was the worst abuse I've to. ever heard. Yeah. It, it's this, shocking. This was really shocking TV, and it's I've like been it's not. There's no there's no bleeps on this. No, no, there certainly isn't. And, and, I, and you come away from it with the 
highest regard for the cops. Absolutely, you do. And Absolutely, I think it's essential watching for every judge. Absolutely. I, I think it's wonderful TV. And you know, Virgin Media One, when it gets late in the evening, particularly around 11, it's hard to find good things to watch. Pro- straight after so the programme. Matt really and I are going to pre- review it. Uh, well, it, well uh, I've so given you the heads up, so yeah, you're absolutely. fully armed now. Okay, so it, it, is, uh, it I, is. I think you should put it on serious record yeah. because I thought, oh, not another short after watch this today. And I, I became absolutely intrigued by yeah. it. All right. Now, your TV movie is Foxcatcher. I've seen this. It's the weirdo who, who kind of gets the Olympic hopeful. Yeah, it's based on a true story. You like true stories, dramatised. Uh, and this is the the weirdo, as you call him, is in fact the, the multi or the billionaire John DuPont. And he has a fascination with wrestling. So he... He, he um, is a weirdo, though. Oh, he's a very strange man. No question about it. Played brilliantly by Steve Carell. Yeah. This got five Oscar nominations, by the way, this movie. It got one for Steve Carell, got one for Mark Ruffalo, got one for the director, got a script one. It's it's very, very it's good. It's a great movie. It's on Saturday night, 11.55 on BBC One. Um, so it, it, it's, it's basically a story of of an unlikely and ultimately tragic relationship between an eccentric billionaire and a gold medal aspirant. Yeah, and it, it, it sort of all goes wrong, really. It all goes yeah. wrong. The gold medal. Uh, he's actually got a gold medal. He, he's um, it's Mark Schultz in real life. Channing Tatum is the actor, and Dupont invites him to his amazing estate to to, to set up a team to train for the nineteen eighty eight Olympics. All right, my thanks to John Kelleher, producer and former director of film classification, and John Fardy, presenter of Screen Time. Anything good this week? I just want to say, you know the thing of the parental advice from your grandfather? I yeah. had a great one. Bono told me never to name drop. Right. <laughs> do you have anything decent on Screen Time? I do. No, I have no, Barry Jogan, the star of oh, Calm yeah. with Horses, uh, this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Great well, film. you've heard the level of humour uh, that <laughs> might be in evidence there. My thanks to the two Johns.